welcome to everyone this evening. And if you are a guest with us tonight, we welcome you as a part of this service. Thank you for being here. Amen. And those watching online, we welcome you tonight as a part of this service as well. Let me just please remind you, um, please, when you when you leave tonight, uh, be be careful, especially can't see quite as well in the dark out there as you can in the daylight, some of the spots that uh, may be icy and um, let me just also say, as always, thankful to Brother Johnson and all that he does at times like this to help us keep us safe. And uh, also, Brother Brother Jr. Uh, spent the several hours yesterday as well as today, and. Um, we appreciate that very much. So there has been a lot of work put in, but uh, it is below freezing. So please, please be careful when you go home. Mark chapter 8. And I want to begin reading with verse number 1. Mark 8, verse number 1. In those days, the multitude being very great, and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him, and saith unto them, I have compassion on the multitude, because they have now been with me three days, and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away fasting to their, to their own homes, they will faint by the way. For divers of them came from far. I, I know some of you leave church sometimes feeling like you're so hungry. You don't know if you're going to get home or not. But, but this was an exaggeration. This was, this was real. <laughs> and his disciples answered him, From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? And he asked them, have, How many loaves have ye? And they said, Seven and he commanded the people to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks and break and gave to his disciples to set before them. And they did set them before the people, and they had a few small fishes, and he blessed and commanded to set them also before them. So they did eat and were filled, and they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets and they that had eaten were about 4,000, and he sent them away. And straightway, that, that means immediately, he entered into a ship with his disciples and came into the parts of Damanitha, Damanutha, something. And the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven tempting him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and saith, Why doth this generation seek for a sign? Verily I say unto you, there shall no sign be given unto this generation. And he left them and entering into the ship again departed into the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they any 
in the ship with them more than one loaf. I want to preach. I meant to stop sooner than that, but oh well, I didn't. I want to preach to you tonight a little bit on this subject. Don't forget the bread. Don't forget the bread. God, thank you so much for your presence that we have experienced once again tonight. Thank you for the awesome privilege of being in your presence. Thank you for your faithfulness that when we worship you, you respond to our worship. Thank you, Lord. I pray, God, that you would speak to us, minister to us tonight. That your word would do a work in our hearts and our lives, Lord. That you would continue us in the process of becoming individually and collectively who we are to be. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It's interesting to me that when Jesus begins to tell the disciples about his desire to feed these people, their response is kind of interesting. I guess in some ways it's kind of saddening because as he tells them the need and If we send them away without feeding them, some of them live so far away, they'll they'll faint on the way home. They, They respond to him, and they say, Where can we get food in the wilderness to satisfy them? The reason... One of the reasons that I find that question saddening is because two chapters before this, they had experienced a similar situation in which there was a multitude gathered and Jesus said they, they need to eat. And they responded in that situation and said, Lord, you need to... You need to send them away. We don't even have enough money to buy what we need. And, and he responds and says, well, you know, what, what is there? What do you have? And, and one of them says, well, we found a little boy who has five loaves and two small fishes. I know most of you know this, but I remind you, this, this, was, not, this was not a loaf of old-time wheat bread from Safeway. It says loaves, but in essence it was more what we would call a biscuit or a dinner roll. And, 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 and it says, it makes the point to say, small. Two small fishes. And, and so they had witnessed what Jesus could do with five loaves and two fishes. Two chapters, chapter 6. Two chapters before, they witnessed the miracle of feeding 5,000. And in that particular instance, it lets us know it was 5,000 men, but they also fed more than just the men. I've heard it estimated anywhere from fifteen to 20,000 people that Jesus fed that day with five loaves and two fishes. 
Here it says there were 4,000. You, you would think that when Jesus started to talk about the need to feed this crowd, you would have thought at least one of the disciples would have said, well, guys, let's start looking around. Because there must be something. Because just a couple of days ago, we experienced what it was, what, what could happen if we just had something. And surely somebody, somebody here must have something. So if Jesus is saying He wants to feed the crowd, we just need to find where the provision for the miracle is. How sad is it when we face a new need, a new situation in our life similar to things that God has already brought us through and rather than going back to the memory of that and encouraging ourselves in the Lord like David did, we get caught up in the moment and we have fear and doubt and worry when we ought to be going, hey, we've been here before. We've seen what God can do. We've already experienced Experience what it's like when there is no way and He can make a way. They just say, we're, we're in the wilderness. How, how are we going to feed this crowd? And so they find seven loaves. As we read on, they found a few more small fishes in this scenario as well. Permit me to use uh, my imagination here, but I, I, I would suspect that when he fed the 5,000 as well as this time, that, that there would have been some similar responses by the disciples. As they, as they left that miracle, as, as they, they, they rehearsed what it was like, maybe... Maybe there was a few high fives exchanged among the disciples. Man, that was, man, I, every time I looked down in my basket, there was just more food. It didn't matter how many, how many people I kept going to. Every time I looked down, there was more. And, and the others chime in, yeah, I, I, the same thing. I was kind of worried it'd run out, but boy, that was, that was something else. And then not only in the, the same thing happened in the other story where he fed the 5,000, he didn't just give them a snack. I don't know if you know this or not, there's a difference between a snack and a meal. A snack isn't just, a snack isn't intended to fill you up. A snack's intended to make you mad. I want more. He didn't didn't just give them a snack. In both situations, they ate until they were full. And then after all of that crowd had eaten until they were full, they end up the first time, when there was the 5,000, they collect 12 baskets of leftovers. And this time, they finish up feeding the 4,000, And the Bible says they collect up seven baskets of leftovers. I would imagine even the crowd left that day 
with a buzz of excitement having witnessed that miracle. A couple of loaves and a couple of small fishes. And, and I mean, really, it'd be the equivalent of me walking in here tonight with a 12-count meal from Chick-fil-A saying, we are going to eat. You know how, many, how small we'd have to break those 12 nuggets down for every one of you to get a, just a bite? You'd think I would have lost my mind if I walked in here saying with a 12-count meal that I, I might even get some of your Chick-fil-A sauce to go with it. Uh, but walking in here that we're going to eat, and we're not just going to get a bite, but we're going to all eat until we're full. That, that's 4,000 people. We've only got maybe 200 people here tonight, and you'd think I would have, you would think I lost my mind if I tried to do that with, with that size of a meal. Man, Jesus, Jesus fed us, and, and, and the disciples, man, Jesus fed another multitude. He, he did it with just a couple of loaves and a couple of fishes. Wasn't that all? Yeah, man, we got to see it, and we didn't just get to see it. We were participants. We, we were carrying the baskets. We were watching the eyes get big on the faces of people as, as person after person was able to dig down in that basket and get food. I'm sure the health department probably wasn't there that day. And immediately, straightway, all of that happens. 4,000 people are fed. Seven baskets are left. And immediately, they get in to a ship and start on a journey. Straightway. He entered into a ship with his disciples and came into the parts of that place. And the Pharisees come forth and began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why, why, does, this gener- why does this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, there shall no sign be given unto this generation. And he left them, and entering into the ship again, departed to the other side. Now, this, this is, I, 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 think, I think I would, I would suspect... We are talking all of this in a matter of a few hours, would seem to be the implication to me. This is not this is not covering a couple of days or week. This is this is this this seems to be all happening within a day. This crowd has been there for three days. Jesus has been teaching. They're they're all famished, and so he instead of sending them home hungry, he feeds them and and and, and seven baskets full or are gathered up and they get into this ship and they head to the they head out on this journey and the Pharisees come and all this is happening. Verse 14 says Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. The disciples forgot to take bread. And yet just a few hours before, there was seven baskets full. 
just a few hours before this, 4,000 people had been fed and seven baskets were left over. Could it be they were so caught up in the moment and the miracle of feeding the 4,000 that they missed that what was going on was not just about that moment. But in that amazing moment of taking seven loaves, right? Isn't that what it was here? And a few small fish, that in that moment, God was in the process of providing provision for later. But they got so caught up in the great church service. The three days of awesome teaching by Jesus. Finished off with this miracle of feeding everybody. That they left church high-fiving it. How awesome those couple of days were. What God did. Wasn't that awesome? And now we're getting in the... Ladies high-five too, right? They they get in the boat and they start on a journey and nobody thought maybe maybe we ought to take some of those baskets with us. I mean, somebody you think would have at least gotten one Maybe not seven, but one. And they end up in this ship and there is not even, or there's only, not even one loaf. I don't know what the other translations say. That seems to imply to me that maybe there was half of a loaf left over. Man, it's frustrating when you get your heart set on a sandwich. And, and you open the cabinet and, and, and there's no bread. But I'm going to tell you what's worse than that. What's worse than opening the cabinet and there not being any bread is opening the cabinet and there's the package and the two ends are left. There is, there's just... There is nothing like a Peter Pan, creamy peanut butter, and Welch's grape jam sandwich on a Sunday night. Mmm. That is that is honestly a, my first choice for Sunday nights. If I, my dad says, if you ever see him at a restaurant sitting there with my mom, it's because he loves her. If you see me someplace else on a Sunday night, it's because I love the people I'm with. Because I would just as soon go home and eat two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with thickly, co- thickly coated peanut butter on that sandwich. And, of course, the end of the night is after I've made my two sandwiches, Leo comes and I leave peanut butter on the knife for him to lick off. That's our thing.
There wasn't even a loaf. There wasn't, maybe there was just two ends left. And yet, possibly hours before that, provision for the future had been made. I wonder how many times we get caught up in a moment, even a moment like this tonight, and we get caught up in the presence of the Lord as loaves and fishes are being handed out and ministry is taking place. But we miss the fact that what God is doing is not simply about this service here right now. But there may be in fact things that in this moment, while God is meeting a need in a moment, there are things that God is preparing for you that in a few hours or in a few days or in a few weeks from now, you're going to need. How sad is it? if we gather together in a setting where a man or a woman of God is preaching the word of God and in the first few moments of that message we think you know what that doesn't really apply to me I don't really need that what if God is trying to provide you a basket that at some point down the road you're going to need some bread and you're going to look around and not find bread not because he didn't provide but because you were too caught up in a moment. I know there's people, I'm talking about apostol, I know there's people that, 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 that don't like, really like coming to church. I'm not in that group. I, I love coming together. We are, we are a, I, I know most of you know this. If you don't, then I'll just tell you, we are a minority now because we still have Sunday night services. There are very few places. I'm talking about United Pentecostal churches. I'm not talking about church in general. I'm talking about our organization. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I, 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 lo- I love coming together. I'm sorry, but if if coming to church gets old, it's one person's fault. If coming to church gets old to you, it's not the worship team's fault. And it's not the pastor's fault. If coming to church gets old to you, I'm sorry, but it's your fault. Because when you've got enough hunger and desire... There's something inside of you that says, I, I'm not going to miss a moment. I'm not going to miss an opportunity to have an encounter with God. And, and, and it doesn't matter like the woman with the issue of blood that decided, I don't care what the crowd is doing. I need to get to Jesus. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, you can walk into what you might feel like is a dead, dull church service. But something inside of you rise up and say, everybody else may be here out of obligation or duty or curiosity but I came with a made up mind that if I can just touch the hem of his garment I know that I can get something from him I know that he can do something for me so I, I, I love it I love what we've experienced here tonight man when, when the Holy Ghost I, I, don't, I don't know there, there were several songs I know tonight that were just spontaneous just got in that flow I love it. 
But I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I readily acknowledge to you, we, we, we can't be so short-sighted that when we gather together anytime, that it's just about that moment and the excitement of what God does in that moment. Because I believe that when we gather together in this settings and other settings, while God may be meeting a need in that moment, don't miss the fact that God knows what the future holds and God is providing you some things that you are going to need not just need for your own self but there's going to be somebody you're going to come across paths with this week that there was some bread that God was providing tonight there, there's going to be somebody that's going through something this week that God is going to cause you to cross paths with them and you're going to need to be able to get some bread don't get so caught up in a church service don't get so caught up in a moment that when you walk away you forget that God was providing something for the future as well. I've used this story before, but I'll use it again tonight in this context. I'm, I'm one of those people that I go down to the, I, I, I pretty much every time I go down until I get the low fuel warning. I have lots of faith in the computer on my car and how many miles to empty I have. Years ago when we were traveling around on Sunday mornings, and in fact it was, it was one of the first Sundays when my family and I started traveling around on Sunday mornings, and uh, my, my, my family I think still had some obligations or something here because I came and I dropped them off, and I was going to preach at the Severn Daughter Work that morning, and I had talked to Brother Middleton, he was leading it at the time, and I had talked to him about the location and he explained to me where it was, and when he explained it to me, I, I, I thought I knew exactly what, where he was talking about. And as I began to pull off the parking lot, still in the parking lot, I looked at the, the range that I had left on the fuel in the car, and I, was, I, I had enough gas to get there. And I would need to get fuel afterwards, and so... As I pulled down the hill, for some odd reason, I decided, you know what, I'm, I was kind of short on time, so I decided I'm going to stop into to the uh, Exxon in Arnold and put a couple of dollars in just to, just to be safe. <laughs> I went up Ritchie Highway, got on 100, and, and, and I, thought I, had, I thought I had what Brother Middleton had explained to me in my head. I thought I knew it, what he was talking about. And, 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 and I got off on an exit and I started down a road and I'm like, ah, I don't know. I turn around, head another direction. And I, turns out that the point at which I originally turned around, I was, I was about a stone's throw, as they say, from the I finally, I think I had to call Brother Middleton finally. I'm like, I, I need you to see if I, if I would have gone based on what I had in the tank and, the, and the, the journey I expected, if I would have gone straight there, I would have been okay. But I didn't know what the, the path held. And thankfully, I decided to get a little extra fuel. 
Let me tell you something. God knows the path ahead for you. God knows the details of tomorrow. And so don't miss the fact that there are sometimes God is trying to provide you with some things that you may not feel a need for in the moment. But in a short time from now, you're going to be looking around thinking, how do we not have bread? Maybe, I don't know, I, we, we know John tells us at the end of the book of John, everything that was said and done is not recorded. And so maybe, just again, forgive me, to permit me to use my imagination for a moment, but, but maybe once they got on that boat and realized that we don't even have a loaf of bread. Maybe somebody got to saying, guys, how, how did none of us, how, how did not even one of us think, not, not even one of us thought to just pick up one of those, ba- I mean, we didn't have to bring all seven. But nobody got at least one. I wonder how many baskets of bread are lying somewhere in your past. That God in His sovereignty was providing some things for the future. But either you got caught up in the excitement of the moment... Or maybe you got bored by the lack of need in the moment. We gather together in in whatever setting. This, small groups, conferences, prayer meetings, whatever. We, we, We don't come in. We shouldn't come in with the mentality of what do I need? What can I get? And come in, well, I don't think I really need much, so I'm going to be present. But it's about an atmosphere. It's about you and I making a contribution to an atmosphere because maybe maybe tonight I don't really need something but somebody else does and 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 I don't I don't really have a conscious need for something from God in the season that I'm in but but somebody else might but he also might be giving me a doggy bag to take home Because this, 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 this again, I love, I love what we've experienced tonight, but this is not just about a good experience. This is not just about a good feeling. This is not just about leaving here tonight and say, well, boy, we were in the presence of God tonight. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 1, the Bible says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain He covered His face. Face and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto, go into, uh, you know, go into McDonald's tomorrow and say, I will, I will take twain cheeseburgers. 
And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of Him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs of the altar. Off the altar. Can you, boy, can you imagine, can you imagine that tonight? Presence of God filling this place and the and 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 the and the, the the beams and the walls shaking at the presence of God. That would be an amazing experience, and that, that's the experience that Isaiah is is describing. He 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 sees the angels, hears the angels crying, "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts!" and and and, and the posts of the doors move, and 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 then this smoke, this 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 cloud fills that place what an amazing imagine what we would leave here tonight doing if that happened if we if we saw i've seen a couple of times in my lifetime where people have taken pictures and in a picture you, there somehow there was a visible cloud that manifested in a imagine that imagine if tonight just just think about it for a moment if 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 hovering at the ceiling you could look up and see a visible cloud of the presence of God. How amazing would that be? Just think about how much we could put on Facebook tonight if that happened. Boy, what a service we had tonight. We saw a glory cloud fill. Isaiah had that experience. But, but watch what happens in, in Isaiah's experience. The response from the Lord is, who shall I send? And who will go for us? When God manifests His power, when God manifests His Spirit, when God, when God manifests Himself in a way like He's done tonight. It is not simply so we can leave tonight thinking, boy, we had a good service and, and boy, the presence of God manifested in a powerful way. And, and I'm so glad I was in church tonight. There, there is an expectation from the Lord that says, I've manifested my presence. I've shown my power. Now I want to know who's going to pick up a basket Who's going to pick something up from the manifestation and go and do something? He said, who will I send? And Isaiah responds and says, here am I, send me. Thank you for the privilege of being in your presence. Thank you for the experience of the moving of your spirit. Thank you for the manifestation of the gifts of the spirit. Thank you for the manifestation of an angelic presence in this place. But God, I want my response to that to not be just the excitement of the experience, but the acknowledgement that there is a purpose for the manifestation of your presence, that you're looking to send me somewhere. You're looking to send me with something. It's a 
Second Corinthians 9 and verse 10, Paul says, Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. The things that God does for you, the things that God blesses you with, the natural things that God blesses you with, the finances that God blesses you with, there is a twofold purpose to that. Yes, there is for the benefit of some of your own needs and, 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 and your own circumstances, but it's not just intended to be consumed upon you, but it's supposed to be seed to sow as well. The moving of the Spirit of God in this place tonight, it's intended, yes, to minister to us as we are here, but it's also become something to sow. God ministered to me, now I want to be a conduit for God to minister to somebody else. God has provided me bread and seed, and I I don't want to hoard the seed, but I want to take the seed and sow the seed. James 4 and 1 says, When you come from whence cometh wars and fightings among you, come they not hence even of your lusts that were in your members? You lust and you have not. You kill and desire to have and you cannot obtain. You fight and war yet have not because you ask not. Then to those that respond and say, we ask, he says, you ask and you receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. The Amplified Bible says you are jealous and covet what others have and your desires go unfulfilled. How many of you sitting here tonight, you cover some, you covet you're jealous of somebody else's ministry, somebody else's calling, somebody else's giftings. He says you, you're jealous and you covet what others have and your desires go unfulfilled so you become murderous. Start, start criticizing, you start finding fault, you start backbiting. Start tail-bearing. To hate is to murder as far as your hearts are concerned. You burn with envy and anger and are not able to obtain the gratification, the contentment, and the happiness that you seek. So you fight in war you do not have because you do not ask. Or you do ask God for them and you fail to receive because you ask with the wrong purpose and evil, selfish motives. Your intention is when you get what you desire to spend it in sensual pleasures. The Message Bible says it this way. You lust for what you don't have and are willing to kill to get it. You want what isn't yours and will risk violence to get your hands on it. You, would, you wouldn't think of just asking God for it, would you? And why not? Because you know you'd be asking for what you have no right to. Your spoiled children, each wanting your own way. I don't think there's anything wrong with 
a desire for God to meet the needs that we have. You you got needs and 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 you come to God. I, I think there's there's things in Scripture that invite us to do that. There there He's our heavenly Father. He takes care of us. He's concerned about us. He he has the ability to provide for us. But 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 what is the what is the desire for? The meeting of our need is it just simply for personal relief? Is it is it because I'm stressed out over a situation, over a problem, and so God, I I would like you to meet this need just for my own benefit, my own pleasure, or is the motive is the purpose? God, I want this, and yeah, I will be benefited some by it, but it's also so I I've got a basket. I've got some seed that I can take and use for your purpose, for your kingdom's sake. God, I'm not asking you to just strengthen me so I can be strong. I'm not asking you for a touch of your spirit just because I want a touch of your spirit. But but God, I, I need this so that I in turn can then minister to someone else. I, I need you to strengthen me, God, so I can I can turn around and then begin to strengthen others. And he says, you ask and you don't get it. Stories, some of you in this place tonight have stories of... Of, of, of miracles, the God of provision God has done in your life with, with vehicles or places to live because you genuinely had a desire. God, I, I, I need another vehicle. I need a different place to live because I want to be able to, to have certain ministry opportunities and bring people into my home. And I watched others that have coveted. Just because they want something better, they want something nicer, they want something newer, and they haven't gotten it yet. Because they ask amiss. They They ask to consume it on themselves. I'm giving you bread. I want you to... I want you to come into my presence. I want you to gather together and I want to minister to you. I want to feed you, but I also want to give you seed. I want to give you something to sow. I I want to give you something to put into others. I want you, I want your response that when you feel the greatness of my power and you have this wonderful encounter in my presence, I, I want the response to be, okay, God, send me. Is it uh, Peter, James, and John, I believe, that got up on the mountain of transfiguration and Moses and Elijah are there. And old Peter. Peter's the guy that if somebody has something to say, it's usually Peter. Peter speaks up. He says, Lord, it's, it's good to be here. Wow. Look at this. It's good to be here. He said, we ought to build some tabernacles. And dwell here. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but the Lord basically responded and said, Peter, you, you missed the memo. We, I, I, again, I, I, love the, I love coming together. I love the presence of God. I love to watch the Spirit of God work and minister and move in people's lives. But, but we're not here to build a tabernacle. This is only, this is only the gas station. This is only the place we fuel up to keep going. 
This isn't the place we come to to stay and abide and live. We, we just come. But, but what, what happens when we come to these moments and God is trying to give us provision? And all we care about is just the moment. Just, just. Is there something right now I need or is there something? And if so, can I get it? If not, then, you know, whatever. Maybe next time, maybe next week I'll need something. And, 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 and God's trying to provide you bread. I, I, I've, another one of those things I've told so many times now, but I just, I'll never forget is coming back from Youth Congress years ago and Riding on the, it was the first time we ever took a chartered bus. Coming up Interstate 81. Always get three and one mixed up. We came around the corner on that interstate and up ahead of us the traffic was basically dead stopped. And I was asleep, I think holding Esther in my lap or Nathaniel. I was awaking by the non-church member bus driver saying, oh, blank. I was on the front row behind the driver. And as I opened my eyes, we're going from the outside lane on that interstate all the way across three or four lanes of traffic down into the median. The bus leans over so much that stuff was falling out of the compartments up top. We eventually come to a stop in that median. Hearts are racing, checking around, making sure everybody's okay. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, that was uh, Brother Mott's first year as youth pastor to take a trip, I think. We got out of that bus and we're standing there with that driver who was, I think, in his early 70s, I think, Brother Spriggs. It was uh, Brother Mott, myself. I think there was one or two other guys standing out there. And was standing there, and after a few moments, that old bus driver, he said, when I started down into the median, something I hadn't thought of in, I think he said, like 30 years, that he had learned in the very, one of the very first classes he had been in getting his CDL and they said if you're ever in a situation like that when you get down in that median if at all possible don't hit your brakes Said you let the grass and whatever ground slow you down because if you hit your brakes you'll whatever and flip over and we're standing there in the median of that highway, and he says, I hadn't thought of that in 30 years until that moment. If in that moment, a basket of bread from 30 years ago, some natural carnal thing could come to mind, how much more Are there things that God has and is putting 
into our spirits that they may not apply in the moment. They may not seem to be important in the moment, but He knows that there's coming a time you're going to get on the ship and you're going to need some bread. And so I am providing in advance what you need now. I don't know what the future holds. I know we've got some suspicions and we've got some things from the Word of God and we can put our expectations or our interpretations on things, but the bottom line, is I don't really know exactly what tomorrow holds. I don't know what the future holds for the condition of the church and gathering together and all of that stuff, but I'm going to tell you somebody that does know, and we need to make sure that when we have moments of gathering together and we are encountering the Spirit of God and the presence of God, we need to make up our minds. We're not leaving empty-handed and leaving seven baskets of bread behind because I may not need it in this moment but I have a sovereign God that knows the moment at which I'm going to need it and so I don't want to be so short-sighted that all I am thinking is do I need this or not but I want to realize that God is making provision because He knows what my future holds. I want you to stand please. can't get so short-sighted that all we're thinking about is this moment and do I need or not need or is God speaking to me tonight or not gather together in an oikos and the lesson starts eh, let me see if this is applies to me or not. it may not apply to you per se in that moment but God may be providing you a basket that he knows that in the near future, you're going to get hungry. In the near future, you're, you're, you're going to need some provisions. So eat some bread tonight. Hopefully you'll leave here tonight and say, you know, God, thank you for, that you touched me tonight. Thank you for the move of your prayer. That, that's okay. But, but, but also leave here with a handful of seed. Thank you, God, for bread today, but I'm going to need some bread tomorrow. Thank you that you provided me something to eat tonight, but, but in a couple of weeks from now, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need some bread then. I'm going to need something to eat then, so I don't want to just consume it all. On my own lust, my own pleasure. God, I want to take what you've given and enjoy the moment. I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying being in the presence of God. I think we ought to enjoy being in the presence of God. But I think we need to make sure we realize it is not just about that moment. Maybe two or three nights from now, you're laying in your bed at night all by yourself, and there's no brothers and sisters, there's no elders, deacons, youth pastor, young adult pastor, or anybody else that's there to be able to give you a word. But if you didn't leave empty-handed, you took a basket, just you and Jesus, you can get what you need.
just for a moment, bow your head, close your eyes right where you are. I'm thankful for where you're at. I'm thankful for where I'm at in the in the process of what God is doing. But let's not let's not get so caught up in just the moment of what God is doing that we miss the provision and the preparations that God is providing for the future. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Maybe some of you are dealing with some things in your life right now that maybe you need to go back to a provision. You're looking for a fresh and a new word and you've got a basket sitting somewhere that God has already He's already provided. He's already given you some bread to eat in this season. In fact, I, I, I think I think a lot of times as believers, as as saints, maybe not so much for a, a new person, but as saints, I, I, I feel like many times when we gather together and something is preached or taught, that it's not really about that moment. That God is looking ahead in our lives at what He's doing, at what He's preparing us for, where He's trying to get us to. Come on, would you just... just Ask the Lord to help you tonight to not get caught up in the excitement and the, in the sensationalism of a moment that you miss. You miss things that He's doing in that moment as provision and preparation for what's coming in the future for you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for the opportunities to experience the powerful manifestation and work of your spirit in our lives thank you for the opportunity to experience those miraculous moments that you move and work and do things but help us God to not be so focused on the moment that we miss a greater purpose we miss a greater work that you're doing than just simply that moment in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Wonder if anybody just again, just this point, just just right where you are, if you decide want to do more, that's fine. But if there's anybody that just in for a few moments here, afresh and anew, would would respond as Isaiah said, God, I've I've experienced your presence. I've experienced your glory, and so send me. Send me, God. This experience of your presence is not just for my own pleasure. It's not, not just for my own entertainment, God, but it's to, it's to renew me. It's to strengthen me. It's to revive me, to be able to send me. So, so once again, God, here I am. Send me.
send me, God. You may not have, it may not have seemed like ascending it. They may not have recognized it. But in essence, God, as, as you led the disciples away from that moment of feeding that, that multitude, you were, you were sending them, but you were not intending to send them empty-handed. Lord, when we leave this place tonight, when we, when we leave those, those times in the future where we gather together, whether it's a service or it's an oikos or, or it's a prayer meeting or it's just a one-on-one encounter with, with others and with you, that we don't leave those moments, God, empty-handed. We leave with something for the future. It may just simply be something that we're going to need for ourselves in the future, but but you may be sending us with something that somebody else is going to need. Help us, Lord. Help us not to ask just so that we can consume things upon ourselves. By your grace, God, help our desires of what we want from you to not be simply to consume on our own lust for our own pleasure. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Ikaramando roboseye alabaya. Ikaramando roboseye alaraboko rianda bahaya. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. Thank you again for being here this evening. Look forward to seeing you later in the week. In Jesus' name.